This is a Radio 1 91FM FM podcast. Right now on the line from somewhere around the University of Otago, I'm joined by Dr. Julia Albrecht and Professor Neil Carr from the Department of Tourism. Atamaria to you both. Morning. How are we today? Ah, live and well. Live and well. Well, that's good. That's good to hear, Neil. It's good to hear. Right, we're going to talk about four summer school papers uh, that are happening within the Department of Tourism uh, this summer, this coming summer, and we're going to begin um, where you should begin, 101, right? Um, yeah, 101, Introduction to Tourism. Um, when we think about tourism, Neil, um, we think of it from the tourist perspective, the majority of us, of course, because the majority of us are tourists. Uh, we jump on a plane, a car, on a boat, um, you know, we, we take a, uh, we get somewhere, we, we go on a great trek, we go to a world wonder, jump off a bridge, um, on the flip side, uh, you know, there's industry and the government side of governance side of the coin that's, um, you know, about impact development and management of not just an operation but of an industry as a whole. Um, and you can't have um, a thousand, you know, you can't have a thousand jet boats operating on the shot over. You've got to have some kind of management in there. You can't have uh, un unimagined amount of people on, on the route burn. You've got to manage these types of things. Is this the kind of stuff you're going to be looking at in this paper? Absolutely. I mean, you, you nailed it really well that um, you know, a tourist goes on holiday, hopefully has an absolutely great time and goes home. But it's all the stuff in the background by the industry, the government, the um, employees in the industry, the non-governmental organizations, all those people working really hard that make that holiday the great experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we're going to introduce tourism to people, then that's exactly what we're looking at. Not just the tourists having a wonderful time, but how that actually comes about. How all the various stakeholders function to ensure that the tourist has a great time, but also that the destination is um, able to sustain itself economically, socially, culturally, environmentally, so that you know tourism doesn't have the adverse pressures that we have seen in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we see this in our local community, uh, be it the great walks of Fiordland, uh, or just in Queenstown in general, um, impact on the general environment from things like the Bob Peaks gondola uh, and the like, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you see it in all different ways, but I mean, the introduction to tourism is not just about how to fix anything that is broken, but it's also about how to make sure that things don't break. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Uh, and it's another thing we see with um, with pressures of um, the like, like I said before, the amount of people that would go on the route burn track. You've got to manage the amount of people, uh, otherwise the system would break, right? That's right, and you've got to manage their expectations as well, yes. and the expectations of everybody. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be going on a on, on a nature hike and then suddenly just be surrounded by copious amounts of people and copious amounts of rubbish. So, what else is going? Uh, are you talking about in this paper? <laughs> is that not enough for, for summer school? Oh, I, um, I, I guess it is. It's divided into uh, three sections, talking about the three segments, if you like, of the um, tourism experience, so um, looking at um, 
destinations, looking at uh, tourist behavior, looking at um, transportation to destinations and back home again. Yeah. And really giving, as it says in the title, the students an introduction to it so that they can either dive into more um, tourism papers if they wanted to run into a minor or a major, or that they've got this um, tourism flavor to their more um, generalist degree. I like you mentioned the transport thing too, because that's something we're looking at at the moment too in terms of a, on, on a local scale with um, the potential new airport and terrace. Yep, absolutely. Um, but I mean, it's it's airports, it's um, self drive tourists, it's e bikes, it's everything. Yeah. yeah, true, true. All right. Well, we'll move on to two uh, one oh two now with with Julia, um, Dr. Julia Ulbrich. Um This is global tourism. Um, there's so much to consider when you think about global tourism, um, from the impact on local communities, be it cultural, environmental, economic. Then there's the bigger picture uh, impacts of you know current events and trends, and we're seeing that right now in terms of current events with COVID nineteen. So, can you tell us a little bit about this paper? Well, of course. Um, so the Global Tourism paper um, covers roughly one continent per week. And we're going through different kinds of examples from pretty much around the globe. Now, you mentioned COVID, and obviously that's going to feature quite strongly in this course. And what makes it quite interesting and relevant to look at COVID in a global context is that we are going to see that destination regions have been impacted very, very differently. Mm. So whether we look at, for example, Las Vegas versus remote nature-based tourism destinations, Destinations, we can make out that COVID has affected destination stakeholders as well as visitors in very different ways. And that's, yes, one of the things that we are going to do. Nice, nice. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's going to be different for people, say, in the Cook Islands uh, to, like you say, um, Las Vegas, right? Absolutely, but of course when we compare destinations like these, there are all sorts of other issues that will arise as well. So destination communities, for example, are affected in very different ways depending on, for example, how connected they are to their wider environment, what their government legislation for business in general and tourism specifically is, um, the extent to which tourism depends on nature and the conservationist state. So global tourism allows us to look into these things in a very nuanced, differentiated way. Mm, nice, nice. All right, um, well, we'll stay with you now with the next paper. Um, now, this is the one, is everybody's favourite summer school paper. Um, you, know, so. uh, you know, it's, it's rosé, maybe a pen on gris, uh, and Felton Road does a really good one, and you might just find yourself driving down Felton Road uh, in Bannockburn with this uh, paper, 20, uh, 214, Introduction to the Wine Business. Wine is big business, uh, and an offshoot of that is wine tourism. Um, and one thing I find really interesting, Julia, about um, be, here in the south, in the South Island, especially Christchurch South, is, uh, and I might be wrong, but, um, you know, Central Otago is a destination, so wine tourism is big business there. But if you look at Amberley uh, and Waipara in North Canterbury, it's not really a destination, and wine tourism isn't really a huge part of the business. Uh, there's not as many cellar doors. Um, you know, you're not pulling up to Mumford Estate and Wapara um, and, and, and going for big tasting tours around there. So can you tell us a little bit about this paper? 
Yes, I can. It's funny, actually, that you mentioned Waipara because the field trip last year went to Waipara instead of oh, Central Otago. Well, there you go. But overall, um, the course has three main components. So there's the lectures that look at wine business in a much more in a much wider sense. So although the course is run through the Department of Tourism, it's actually wine business more generally. And the course is being co-taught by an expert in wine and rural development who also has expertise in tourism. And it's co-taught by someone whose expertise is in wine. So we've got on the one hand the lectures that look into supply and demand issues that draw on global as well as mm. local examples that look at distribution channels for wine and so on. But this is accompanied by the wine workshops where students develop an appreciation of wine <laughs> alluded to before by actually tasting it and learning about the different grape varieties and how they grow and where and how this impacts the taste and so on. Yeah. And then there's the um, non-compulsory field trip that um, took us to Wipra last year. Yeah, um, the supply and demand thing is is, is uh, massive in, in the wine industry. I mean, sometimes supply is just too much and they end up having to get rid of millions and millions of litres. I remember, I think maybe it was in Spain, maybe about a decade ago, they uh, they had to, they burnt off like something like 20 million litres of wine. Well, maybe it wasn't very good. <laughs> Potentially not. You wouldn't be saying that with Central Dagapinos. Uh, no, I hopefully you, not. No, no, not at all. Uh, okay, so this is great. So this is uh, a, a paper for not not just the tourism side of it, but um, just the wine market as a whole, um, which is big business for Aotearoa. Yeah, so anyone who's interested in wine business in general, and the prerequisite is six papers from anywhere. So they don't need to be tourism papers. They don't even need to be commerce papers. I am nice, nice. And finally, we're getting to um, 310 with with Neil. This is leisure. Um, it's all about societies. Um, what is it? Uh, lives and societies with tourism. Um, tourism was no doubt born of, uh, you know, a, a leisure. Um, you know, a ho- about holidaying and relaxing. Uh, and you can see that all around uh, Otipoti Dunedin uh, with places like uh, Anamoana, Brighton, uh, Warrington. These are little townships that just grew from originally kind of either being places where homesteads were, but, um, you know, little crib towns were, that were destinations for people to relax and get out of the city. But um, they're not that far away because back in the day they were a long way away because of the modes of transport. Um, so, you know, it's always been about leisure seeking. It's been a big thing for for a long time, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think of if you think of tourism as a big phenomenon, then think of leisure as exponentially bigger because leisure isn't just about escaping to a um, another destination. We engage in it every day, whether it's sitting at home reading a book or watching TV or going out for a drink at night, going to the cinema. These are all leisure activities. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go watch the All Blacks, we're engaging in leisure. When we go for a swim on up at the um, swimming pool or down at the beach, we're engaging in leisure. Mm-hmm. It's not a day goes by when we don't do it. And it's integral to our well-being. It's an integral right under the um, UN's Charter of Human Rights. Um, and of course facilitating it is a huge industry yeah yeah that's so right. 310 is really about engaging with that diversity of leisure both as a 
social phenomenon and an industry. I would just put to you quickly that if the All Blacks lost the game, it wouldn't be very leisurable. Um, Leisure can be painful. (laughs) So you're looking at things like the hospitality industry, um, you'd be looking at uh, cinema, all those kinds of things, are you, with this paper? Absolutely, yeah. Um, It's very, very much mixing the industry that helps to facilitate our leisure, but also what we look for in our leisure, which can be facilitated by industry, but sometimes isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the most leisure slash pleasurable moments we have are simply out walking, watching a beautiful sunset. Very you know? true. Um, we don't need a leisure industry all the time to have leisure. So the course is very much about both sides of leisure. Yeah, so you're looking at the kind of psychological side of things too, are you? Yep, social psychology, um, a bit of anthropology. Nice, nice. So that's why this one's 310. Uh, it's a 300 level paper. What are the prerequisites for this one? So, um, uh, 54, 54 points at um, 200 level. 200 level, yep. And from anywhere in the university, there are no. Um, specific papers which reflects the fact that leisure is a multidisciplinary um, field and the better the you know the better the diversity of students actually the more interesting the course will be very nice and um, so three of these papers are distance learning that's uh, 101 uh, 102 and 310 and of course the wine one is on campus and on a field trip hopefully um, to a beautiful wine region of the south um, so um, who, who are these papers initially I mean I guess um, the 200 and 300 level ones will be have more specific aim for people but who are these papers for in general uh. Two, two things, really. I mean, anyone with an interest in the various aspects of tourism and leisure, both as industry and social phenomenon, and, you know, whether they're just coming to it for the first time or they're taking a more focused degree in those areas, but also recognizing that summer school is a great time for students who maybe need that extra um, 18 points to catch up or to round off a degree. That's what it's about. Or if you like a tipple. A tippy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, um, brilliant. Well, thank you both, both um, Neil and Julia, for joining us this morning. If you want to know more about these papers, you can go to the uh, Summer School website. It's just otago.ac.nz forward slash summer school is one of the ways to get there. Or just look up Otago Summer School online uh, and you'll find out all the details on those four papers and every other paper on offer at Otago for summer school. Once again, thank you to you both for joining me this morning. Have a pleasurable day and weekend, and we'll talk again. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. Cheers. Right, there we go. Summer school. It's just around the corner. Get signed up. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.